Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another action-packed episode of Nick and John is This Evangelion. And if I sound... <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> if an episode could ever be summed up by one bodily function, it would be a sigh. Um, <laughs> It's gonna be hard to be. It's gonna be hard to be enthused about this episode, but gosh damn it, we're gonna we're gonna try. Um, I'm John. I'm Nick. And uh, yeah, this is our Evangelion rewatch podcast in which we work our way through every every flipping episode of Evangelion. Every minute of Shinji's moaning. A show we absolutely love. (laughs) (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) To uh, to sort uh, the good from the bad and generally reassess this seminal. Seminal, undoubtedly seminal mecha anime, and I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, a mecha anime has ever been better represented than this episode. Nick, discuss. Uh, yeah, well, I guess the first thing people go for go to go to a mecha anime for is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, is giant robots. Oh. And, you know, that's that's a pretty obvious first check in the box kind of thing, isn't it? Like, well, it's not. It's uh, it's not really gonna. You know, it's safe. It's yeah. a safe bet. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, when an episode of a mecha anime doesn't have a mecha in it, you start to you start to question things a little bit. He's <laughs> right. I if you're you know if you've got allusions to no allusions no allusions of grandeur delusions delusions anyway if you aspire to be a slightly more cerebral cerebral yeah. dare we say uh, inward looking uh, anime yeah. uh, mecha anime it's like yeah we're not just about robots punching each other right you know we believe yeah. in big themes and big ideas and that's clearly Evangelion's USP if I were the editor there was no editor <laughs> if if I was the editor and I'd be like great I support you 100% in this or rather producer or whatever mm. but as a business person <laughs> I have to say that could you not have put some kind of fight in, yeah, or some kind of action in this episode. Even if it wasn't a fight, like I understand that maybe Hideaki Anno wasn't necessarily going at Evangelion. As, this is going to be a mecha anime. Yeah, you know, he looked at Gundam. He looked at I don't know Robotech, whatever else was around at the time. He didn't think I want to make one of those. He didn't think that. Hmm. I think he maybe liked giant robots a little bit here and there, but really he wanted to tell a different story, and that's fine. Yeah, but like as you rightly pointed out. There could have been some action, like no TV show ever. Like you know, take take any crime drama or something. There's the odd episode which is more about the characters than it is necessarily about like working in the precinct or whatever it is. But yet still, there will be that that little thread that just goes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and and there'll probably be a little circumstantial crime, you know, or or, or something that maybe it's a flashback episode, mm. but in the background they're solving crimes. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the theme, <laughs> the setting yeah. is always present. And by like. And by like an action scene, I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm going to expand that. It doesn't even have to be no two giant things punching each other. I mean, Certainly a not. moment with energy. Yeah, I just give us one moment because otherwise we're just kind of wading through. I don't even have a word for it, Nick. Just, just nothing. Like nothing. Like happens. a mire of depression. But chasms of storytelling, just yeah. vast. Empty and what's so crazy of... is that this was this was a full twenty four minutes, however long the episodes are. Yeah. Of of practically nothing. Yeah. And it could have so easily been like, okay, so you don't have the budget, or you don't have the inclination, or or to to do a big action scene, or or you want to focus on characters, whatever, whatever your reason is, you could have still had you know a scene where they were disassembling the Ava, and you saw 
you know, mm. I don't know, some workings of it. Or they could have had a scene where they were doing some sync ratio tests with Ray or or something, you know, just just to keep building that mythology. Why yeah. why have 24 minutes and, and, a, and a, a significant chunk of your series do literally nothing for your characters at that, for your plot, for your setting, for your mythology, for your action? Yeah. It does nothing, this episode. Because maybe it's stylistically bold. <laughs> maybe, uh, like, as... You know, the George Lucas in us is saying like, "Well, yeah, mate, yeah, it's different." You mm. know, but at the same time, you can you can go like, "Oh, isn't it bold that they their fourth episode when most shows are trying to impress viewers and trying to like keep them hooked?" You know, they on their fourth episode they were just like, "No, let's throw caution to the wind and do and just do nothing, let's do nothing at all." That's bold. I admire it, but it doesn't make it a good episode. No, undeniably so. No. And it's like, there's a moment, we'll get to it when we start synopsizing what happened, but there's a moment that, right at the end, that Misato and, and Shinji share, when there's a sort of realisation, and they stare at each other across a train platform, and it's like, I understand that moment has to hang, has to have a beat, because, you know, without words, they have sort of, apparently, at, and, and we'll discuss that, that maybe even there isn't a revelation here, but apparently they've both seen what each other really is and what each other really wants from this. And yeah. so they share that moment. But it doesn't need to be 40 seconds long or however long it is. I don't think it's earned. No. Either. It isn't. You know, you can have that big kind of like, oh, finally these characters come together. Yeah. But as we will discuss, it's not like they've learned anything. No, no one's learned anything. The thing is, is that every everything that happens between the characters, whether or not you think it's an important character piece or not, could happen in... Two or three minutes yeah. spread across an episode where other stuff happens. Yeah. And it would have the same amount of impact and the same amount of significance to the characters, which is how good storytelling is done. Yeah. You don't dwell unnecessarily for really long, achingly boring periods of time on something which you can do in less time because yeah. storytelling is an exercise in economy. It's indulgent. It's quality over quantity. Yeah. Like I would I would rather as you said, I'd rather have a really good two minute scene. Of interspection, I can't get my words out tonight. I'm so angry, Nick. <laughs> you know, two minutes of soul searching, not twenty. Yeah, two good minutes. Anyway, and then, we, yeah, let's get into should it. Should we break it down? Break what it happened down, in this episode? So the last so, episode ends. Uh, yeah, let's recap. <laughs> break it down, Nick. What happened at the end of the last episode? At the end of the last episode. Oh gosh, I can't remember now. Uh, um, he just defeated. Well, it was after the lobster. Angel. That's right. And he invites Toji Suzuhara and Ida Kensuke into the cockpit. Yeah. They see firsthand how traumatic it is to pilot an Ava. He's screaming and stabbing it and it freezes. And, and, and the episode basically ends with a little tiny epilogue where it's sort of revealed that he hasn't gone to school in a little while. And Toji and Ida are a little bit like, ooh, you know, I wonder if he's okay. Oh, and the tennis ball in the rain. And the tennis ball. And in the arguably, rain. aren't we all tennis balls in the rain? We are. Really? That, that was the message. <laughs> uh, and I guess this is kind of like a two-parter because they made a big point in the last episode about the hedgehog's dilemma. Yeah. Which is apparently some parable or saying apparently. the problem with hedgehogs is that the closer they get to each other, the more they hurt each other. Yeah. Which is not the case because hedgehogs have bred and continue yeah. to reproduce and are doing all right. They, have, but, they don't have any spikes on their soft underbellies. But so. clearly that struck such a chord that that's the title of, of this, this episode, episode. The Hedgehog's Dilemma. Yeah. It's also got a subtitle, Rain... After running away. Oh. Yeah. Which wow. is incredibly poetic. Well, actually, I take it all back. Yeah. Everything I've said. Now it all makes sense. Um, yeah, so episode opens and Misato... Is waking up. Wakes up. Uh, 
typically typically slovenly, typically kind Scruffy of... hair, yeah. Yeah, just rolls out of bed, hates mornings. Brushing her teeth. Uh, and she's like, oh, Shinji, I you going to go to school, school today. today. Yeah. yeah. And then she knocks on his door. Shinji, you there? Oi. Shinji. Oi, Shinji. Hey, hey, Slide it open. Immaculately made bed. Nothing in the room. He's not there. He's not there. He's not there. And she goes... And he hasn't been there for five days. And she goes like, oh, he's run away. Like, yeah, we know. And she goes, who are you talking to? That's not to be... That's, that's not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I guess that's to be expected. I guess then. that's to be expected. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's taken you five days to open his bedroom door. Yeah. And right off the bat, you and me are like, oh, oh, this, oh, oh, pick oh, me, pick, pick, pick me. me. <laughs> um, right off the bat, echoing the realisation we had in the last episode that Nerve and the government may just be the most incompetent people on the planet. Because yeah. Shinji, this isn't even up for debate. Shinji is the only eligible pilot for Unit 1. Yeah. Which is kind of confirmed later in this episode. He is vi- He is vital. For their, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm not beginning to suggest that nerves only uh, function because we know enough about this show, having watched it all before. They're, they're not that interested in saving the world. That's a cover for what they're really up to. But he's still really important yeah. for that. As also, well. they don't want to die. <laughs> no one wants to die. Yeah, it's like nerve may have an ulterior motive. Let's wait, see what happens. But at the same time, they'd rather not die in the interim because no. they want to put their plan into action. So they have. They know for a fact that giant monsters are coming from space. Yeah, many, many They've more. They've built a weapon to fight them, mm-hmm. which is effective, but there's only one person on the planet who can pilot it, and nobody cares when he disappears. For five days. An emotionally damaged 14-year-old boy. And I think as you pointed out while we were watching it, her first port of call is not call the police. Not even call Nerve, you know, mm. call Nerve personnel services or whatever they might have. She works for the government. She yeah. is major... Kusanagi. Yeah. Like, Kasaragi, like, yeah. Kasaragi, sorry. She is. Like, she's a very, very, very high ranking military, quasi government, secret service official. And yet does nothing. And she just lost the 14 year old boy who is the only hope of saving the planet. And she's just goes, like, yeah, I guess that's to be expected. Yeah. He ran away. I'm not going to get fired. just mad isn't it because this this whole episode is about this and um without skipping ahead she talks to ritsuko about it uh, a little bit later on in the episode and ritsuko just goes um what are you gonna do yeah you know? and she's just like well if he doesn't want to pilot it and it's like what like <laughs> but it's like the the, the head of the mili- human military counteraction like the resistance against the angels and like the chief scientists yep. who developed this weapon are both going like, oh yeah, I guess guess we lost uh, guess we lost the trigger to the greatest weapon we've ever built. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? I don't know really. But it's the fact that Ritsuko asks Misato what she's going to do. Yeah. Not not questioning like what are you gonna do about the most important piece of what our most powerful do? super weapon. What is Nerve gonna do? Yeah. But instead she asks her like, what are you gonna do about your roommate? You know, is he coming home? Yeah. You know, it's like it's a social chat. Yeah, the, 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 like, like a water like, cooler. Yeah, it's like, oh, I know, I know that troubled boy is living with you, and he's he's run off again. So, uh, what are you going to do about it? Oh, oh, by the way, we're going to have to save the world at some point this afternoon. Uh, these two things are unrelated, apparently, to Ritsuko. Like the fact that Shinji is the key to saving the yeah. world. They're not like certainly when the angels appear to be appearing, like at least every couple of weeks or something. Yeah, like they know the next one is imminent. Yeah, and they're not like, 
Good grief. We've got to find Shinji before <laughs> the next angel. Like, we have a schedule. We know he's coming. <laughs> like, we know the next angel is going to come and just rain death from above on our pitiful little city. And we will be defenceless. And no. Oh. That's what's so odd about this whole mm. show, though, actually. And, and, and the episodes previous to this have already shown that. Is this, this weird calmness all the time. Now you could argue that this is an incredible artistic move maybe and and maybe you'd be right to argue that. I don't I don't quite know myself, but it's really hard to to gather a sense of peril or or, or to establish any sort of stakes because at the very beginning in the first episode we we said that it was quite strong the way the angel just comes yeah. from behind a mountain. You know, there's explosions in the sky, there's cars skidding through streets, but there's no one around because they've mm. already been evacuated. And the way that Kensuke and Suzuhara talk is like they want to be involved, they want to see more. You know, there isn't really a sense that anyone is under any sort of threat. And also, of course, as, you know, reasons it will be explained, the angels are primarily or only attacking Tokyo 3. Mm. And a lot of people just evacuate. A lot yeah. of people just leave. Just leave. Just like, go. Well, I'm not going to come back. Yeah. It was like, that's pretty wise, actually. I know you yeah. can't force evacuate a whole city, probably. Logistically, that's maybe impossible. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, if people don't want to go, you can't force them. So I, I get that. But the fact is, they have the option to go. Yeah. And yet I, they don't... I, and, and it's like, that also undermines the danger. Yeah. Because it's like, why don't you just leave? Oh, yeah, I guess I will. Yeah. And like most of the time that there's a battle in the streets of the city, the city has already gone underground and been evacuated. So there aren't people screaming from footsteps coming from overhead. Yeah. There's literally just, it just, the city just happens to be the battlefield. And you find yourself wondering like how much of it was maybe just like a budget saving thing because mm. like animating streets of people running for their lives would have been, and to be fair, we saw a lot of, you know, we talked a little bit about the animation uh, cutting corners. And yeah, kind of, yeah. But like, it's it's probably never more evident than in this episode oh, where yeah. people are always in silhouettes. So you don't have to see their mouths moving. A lot yeah. of foot shocks, like a lot of shots of people's legs. Really, really static shots of people just staring at each other. Behind, scanning in front of like backlit monitors yeah. and yeah, stuff. Exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, like I know, I know it's just what you have to do to save money where you can, but it's just like, it doesn't do them any favours. It doesn't help them. No. And in fact, we talked about the last episode and how it had a lot of those. Like episode three had a lot of those. And now we enter episode four. And I, I think I said in, in the last podcast, like, um, maybe the reason is, is because they were saving some money up for a big battle in the next episode. Yeah. Which we now know is not the case. So maybe they have yet to save even more money and had to do a whole episode of co- Cutting Corners in order to save money for something awesome mm. coming up. This is me giving it massively the benefit of the doubt. But it's weird, isn't it? Because like, I mean... Somehow, I clearly made it through this the I first know. time I saw it, and I. But my patience for this sort of thing was way lower when I was a kid. Yeah, so how? Like, so it's how did, weird. Did we? How did I not get frustrated? Because now rewatching it, I know there's better stuff coming. You know what I think it is though. Yeah. I've just, I've just had a thought, and I think it's because it was one of the first animes I ever saw. Uh, so regardless of how uninteresting the episode was, I was watching something I'd never seen before. I'd never seen characters that looked like this. No. I'd never seen worlds and animations that looked like this. So even if the episode was boring, I was probably still on board. Yeah. Whereas now we've seen a lot of anime. Anime is a lot more consumed in this country and, and you know all over the world now. And it's less a question of it being a novelty because we haven't seen it before. It's now a question of how good is the storytelling? Seriously. It starts yeah. to have to be ranked alongside everything else. But also, like, if you can imagine, like, if you were among the the audience to first watch this when it came on television yeah like you'd never seen you know like hey this new show yeah i want to check it out let's have a look you know by episode four like you think of like a massive success story like lost yeah lost was still working really hard to keep people 
interested. Definitely, Because, yeah. you, you know, first couple of episodes, wow, this is big, this is exciting. This is mysterious. It's episodes three and four where you have to work the hardest yeah. to keep people in. This is where you grab them. Yeah. This is where you grab them by the scruff of their neck and they, and they don't they don't want to be let go of. Because it's always going to be a peak. People are always going to love your first episode. You might even get them for the second episode. But you, yeah. this is when you have to work hard. Yeah. This is, I, if I didn't know what was coming... I'd be almost like, oh man, I'm. I think I'm done. Like, I know. you know, this is this is not. I mean, I guess again, it it maybe of its time, it felt incredibly new. There wasn't as much uh, noise around it either. So when you wanted your giant robot fix, this was the only place you could go. And that's not to say it's rubbish and that the people were just making the best of a bad situation. But it was such an original idea back mm. then. Whereas now we've had people play with the mecha you know, genre so, so much. We've got loads of Evangelions out there. You know, this isn't the only cerebral, intelligent mecha anime that exists. And maybe it was the fact that they were doing something so different. Like, maybe everyone was like, wow, like, mm. this is all about, you know, depression and, and kind of, like, isolation. Like, this is really... I don't know, maybe it struck a chord? I don't know, but it's not... Ah, anyway, um... Carrying on. Sorry, yeah, synopsis. No, no, so, it's fine. Uh, yeah, so Shinji's run away. Yeah. Everyone's wondering where he is. I mean, I'm not even sure we can go into too much detail. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think there's, there's much, much point. to say. I mean, over the first sort of 10 minutes of the episode, we see various people talk to various other people about the fact that Shinji's gone. Yeah. And that's it, really. Yeah. And we also cut to seeing Shinji on the Tokyo 3 loop train. Yeah, he just rides the train, like, round and around Tokyo. Not going anywhere, just round it. Goes to a, a late night cinema. Yeah. Uh, in- oh, and there is an interesting point here. Uh, he's watching a fictionalized like action movie account of second, of second impact. impact yeah which uh, has really only been very subtly hinted at like By there the was like a lesson teacher. in the class yeah, yeah like uh, you know so which was kind of interesting like a very subtle bit of world building it was um, and it was nice because in the in the movie um it's it's playing up the lie that the the populace have been fed which we find out is a lie later on oh that is an asteroid impact excellent point yeah and of course it isn't that but but the whole world thinks. I mean, even the very word "impact" makes the public and uh, the story accompanying it that it's a meteor think that you know that, that that a meteor hit the world and that's what's caused all these problems. But it isn't. That's a really good point, actually. A very subtle yeah, kind of propaganda. So it's propaganda, yeah. I think, and and that adds more to nerves. Maybe you know, um, what's the word? Uh, evil intention. Secret yeah, agenda. Yeah, yeah, okay. Kind of, all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so Shinji is AWOL. He's just kind of wandering. Wandering. You see him sleeping on like a bench somewhere. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, meanwhile, Misato is, you know, navel gazing, saying, like, oh, I wonder what we'll do. No one's actually not actively looking for him. No. Uh, Kensuke and Toji are saying, like, oh, you occasionally see a couple of shots of them and they're saying, like, oh, I wonder where, wonder where he is. Yeah. Um, oh, and we also get a flashback in this period of uh, the, t- the conversation after the last battle in episode three. Oh, yeah. Uh, where basically, obviously, he disobeyed Misato's orders in that battle, which was to retreat. He instead decided to stab the thing in the heart, in the heart with his vibrating knife and, uh, and eventually obviously killed it. Which is and, great. and save the world. And save the world and two kids who would have otherwise been minced. Yeah. Um, and all she can do is chew him out about... Um, or disobey. 
breaking yeah, breaking an order. Yeah. And all he says in that conversation is yes, yes, yes. And she gets, she sort of calls him on like, you can't just keep trying to please people. You can't just keep saying yes. And he basically, he's got a sort of weird grin on his face in this conversation. And I think this is one of his most courageous moments in a funny sort of way. He's got this sort of, of course I'm going to pilot it because I'm not strong enough to say no. But at the same time, you need me. And yeah. you chewing me out like this isn't going to make any difference, is it? You can tell me as long as you like that I am a cowardly, spineless child. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what I say because I'm just going to sit in that pilot, uh, in that cockpit, and I'm going to pilot yeah. that robot. So shut up, yeah, basically. You've made it abundantly clear to me that I'm, I, don't I'm, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and she's... She, he's actually almost sarcastic in that conversation. And when she gets more and more annoyed, that he just goes, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, to everything she says. Yeah. And then eventually he just turns around and just goes, well, what's going to happen? I'm always going to pilot it the end kind yeah. of thing. Like, <laughs> I quite like that scene. Yeah, but it's, it's, but it's crazy, isn't it? Because, yeah, he, I guess maybe there's a second conversation between the two later. There is. And so maybe I should save this for then. But like on a second viewing, I'm, I'm sympathising more and more with Shinji. Hilariously, yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, that is interesting considering we used to, and still do, take the, the mick out of him for being something of a wet blanket. But, <laughs> but um, you know, if you've already got depression slash, you know, isolation issues, and then you get flung into this situation with a totally incompetent commanding officer and general intelligence agency, mm. I mean, come on, like, give the kid a break. He's the best thing you have. <laughs> Seriously. But then, yeah, so she basically shouted at him, uh, which probably prompted him running away. Yeah. Uh, and... He's when we see him kind of like wandering aimlessly, like he's in a major depressive episode. Like he's yeah. just kind of hanging his head. He's not engaging with anything. This is another time we see the Walkman, and he's flicking between the two tracks on his cassette, which we never really properly hear yeah, what he's listening no, it's to. Very tinny. But then he uh, randomly bumps into Kensky, yeah. who is uh, out in a field, a field playing. Like army games. Yeah. Like he's got a little tent. Yeah, he's got like plastic guns and he's just messing around. Wearing like camo gear. Yeah. And, and he's cooking just, out in the wild as yeah, well. Yeah, and he's just acting out, you know, hey, I'm just playing with guns. Yeah, we. Another well, question mark about that, I just thought. Yeah. <laughs> is that surely if an angel could come at any time, would there not be some sort of limits on whether the public could just be out in a field, like doing what they want? Anyway. <laughs> Gotta be farmers somewhere, you think. Where did they go? Um, anyway, he sees Shinji. He's like, hey, Shinji, hey. come over here. Uh, they sit down. They have like a campfire, some meal, some food. And he goes like, yeah, Toji's really sorry. He punched you in the face. Uh, he thinks he overreacted. Actually, you saved his sister's life. Yeah. And his sister thinks that. Like, yeah. His sister chews Toji out because um, she said, no, no, the robot saved me. And saved everyone in the city. And now Toji yeah. feels like a bit stupid for picking on Shinji and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Kengski's like, hey, man, I'm s- I am really envy you. Like, I wish I could pilot the Eva. And he's like, going, he's all gung-ho saying like, oh, yeah. man, Whoa, I'd get behind, so cool. get behind the controls. I'd kick some angel ass. And Shinji's like, uh... and that was an interesting line. Because he said like, well, wouldn't your mom be, be worried, worried about you? And he goes like, oh, I don't, I don't have a mom. He goes, no, he said, I'm like you. I'm like you. Which is which is interesting. Yeah, and Shinji sort of almost brightens a little bit then. I think this is a little bit of good character work, actually. Yeah. Because, you know, Shinji's not the kind of guy who makes friends. But is not the kind of guy who gives up and, like, has just decided he's going to befriend Shinji yeah. regardless. But that's interesting because we know... Because we know kind of, like, what's going on in the, the Marduk Institute. Yeah. Which, as we kind of understand 
I think they've not certainly not mentioned it yet, but maybe they do mention it in this episode. Yeah, yeah, no, they've not really explained it at least. No, 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 certainly not. No, but kind of like it is maybe the institute that looks for pilots. Yeah, which all which are all children. Yeah, and and they all they're all fourteen year olds. Yeah, and the year and this takes place in twenty fifteen. Yeah, so there's this maybe no one mentions it, but it could be this idea that only people born or conceived around the time of second impact can pilot the evers yeah. so and which happened in 2000 so yeah hence that's why all the pilots are young yeah um but yeah uh, then then he uh, he sleeps the night with Kensuke in the tent uh, just kind of as buds i suppose and uh, and then they are rudely awakened in the morning by a load of nerve agents showing up five of them in black suits with black sunglasses very like men in black very men in black and what did they say they said something like are you Shinji Akari the pilot of unit 1 that's that's their opening gambit. Are you? <laughs> They're the intelligence agency. <laughs> and they've tracked what otherwise, therefore, they, they tracked a random kid to our tent. Yeah. And they've been doing this all night. They've just been going to random buildings, tent to random tent. tents. Are you Shinji Kari? No. Are you Shinji Kari? No. Eventually, yes. I knew this would work. If we checked all the tents. First time. <laughs> First time. And he goes like, uh, under Section 8 of the Global Defence Initiative yeah. Law Act... We're taking you back. Goes, because Shinji probably read that book. He goes like, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right, whatever. And they take him. Yeah. And so, yeah, so off he, he gets he gets grabbed. Uh, we get a little scene where uh, Kensuke is back in the classroom with Toji. And Toji says something like, why didn't you have the balls to stand up to those agents? And Kensuke is like, well, obviously I'm not going to stand up to a load of like intelligence agents. Yeah, I was like, holding a plastic three gun. Three times my age. Yeah. Um, so obviously now we're seeing the fact that Toji and Kensuke care a little bit about Shinji's well-being. Uh, and then we cut to Nerve, and we see Misato talking to him in in a very yeah he's back now yeah yeah it's a side on shot the Nerve logo is very prominent in the center yeah uh, Shinji is sat head in hands basically head down yeah not, uh, on the left hand side of the not shot not making eye contact or engaging with... and then there's light coming from the right hand side but Misato isn't in shot and then yeah. it keeps cutting to a silhouette of her. Um, and she's obviously standing in the doorway but from the side shot we can't see that so it has to cut whenever we want to see her. And it's really just the edge of her hair catching a bloom of, of the light behind her. Yeah. Um, so nobody moved. No one's mouths moved because Shinji's head is down yeah. and Misato is silhouetted. It's basically, it's really pushing the limits of what you could call an animation. I could do it in PowerPoint. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. I actually. could do better in PowerPoint, actually, probably, I, would, I would dare say. You probably could. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's like a continuation of that earlier conversation between them where she shouted Kind of, him. yeah. They're kind of picking up where they've left off, aren't they? But she goes like, are you feeling better after you ran away for a couple of days? And he yeah. goes like, eh, not really. Yeah. Uh, and she goes like, are you going to pilot either? And he goes, well, who else will do it if I yeah. don't? And, and she goes like, well, we've got Ray, you know, the critically injured girl who we guilt-tripped you, guilt you with a few episodes ago. Yeah. And he's like, doesn't seem fair to force it all on her. I guess I'll have to do it. And then she's like, and then she shouts at him again. And her and her thrust for her shout is, <sighs> we we can't have someone with that sort of attitude piloting the Ava. And I think we both hit upon this when we were watching it. Just what utter nonsense this was because yeah. they they bring him here. Yeah, they force him to do something he didn't want to do and is incapable of doing. He's not trained to do. No, by guilting him into it by literally wheeling a bleeding a special stretcher that collapses in front of him yeah <laughs> they um, they loosened the leg deliberately yeah. just so that she would fall in front of him and get her blood on him yeah and they go and he's like 
What, what, why is this dangerously wounded girl in front of me? He goes, well, you won't do it. I <laughs> guess we're going to guess go. she's going to pilot it. And he goes, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. And it's so he hates it. He doesn't want to do it, but he has to do it. And he has done it twice. Yeah. And he and he's performed admirably. Yeah. Killed two angels. With no training. Fourteen-year-old boy has killed two angels. And and then after all this, after putting him through the most blatant and manipulative guilt trip you could imagine. She then shouts at him again. She goes like, no, it's not good enough that you hate it, but you're doing it anyway. You have to like it. (laughs) This is an abusive relationship. This is terrible. I mean, it makes sense to force him to do it. Yeah. Because, like, for whatever reason, Marduk Institute or nay, he is the only one who can pilot that. And that is the thing that can save the world. Yeah. So fine. But to expect him to like it while he's doing it, that's just and to, twisted. And, and to attack him on the basis that, you know, I mean, maybe the show is genius. Maybe the, the whole point of the show is to make us have this angry discussion. Maybe Nerve are that despicable. But the weird thing about that is, and Nerve are that despicable, to be totally honest. They don't value human life, even though they need it, which is a weird counter thing. But whatever. Misato is not meant to be Nerve. No. She's meant to be a human being. Yeah. If anything, she is just about the only relatable human being we have because yeah. we can't relate to Shinji, no. let's be honest. But it's, the, yeah, So why does she embody Nerve's most disgusting principles so wholeheartedly? She just comes across like an idiot. Yeah, Frankly. And, and I, it's her who's probably annoying me the most now. Yeah. yeah. Like watching it again because her actions are so wildly inconsistent. Yeah. She seems to care about him, but then when he comes back, she just attacks him for, for, for seemingly stupid reasons. Incompetent. Yeah. She pretends to care. She says she claims to care about him, yet is utterly incapable or unwilling. And I can imagine someone telling me, ah, oh, well, you know, she is a very young major. You know, she's 18 or whatever, or 21 or something that she's Nonsense. meant to be. It doesn't matter. Why is she promoted to major then if she's Nonsense. a completely weird, unintelligent, completely ridiculous You don't human being? get put in sole command of military action against invading aliens if you are not a tiny bit competent. <laughs> uh, incompetent is the word. She is she is a, a uh, loose cannon. She is a dangerous person. Danger, danger, danger. And and above all things, no matter what Nerve's weird like um secret agenda might be, and, and, and disregard for human life and general despicableness, that that all is very, very true. They need Shinji for all of it. Yeah. They need it to stop people from dying before they can complete their plan. And then he is actually part of their plan. So don't give me this, ah, oh, nerve of the bad guys. So so that's why he's getting treated like crap. No, because it doesn't make sense. Mm. Like, he is going to pilot the Ava. He's already said he will. Why does he have to like it? That's not part of their no. plan. And even that, Misato doesn't know their plan. So why? <laughs> no, and I think, like, you can see from, like, the story they're trying to tell here is that Shinji, you need to, you need to snap out of it and start feeling things. You need to connect as a human. It's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, but that let's look. At, let's just look at the big picture here. Yeah, and you, you, you were quite right when you said, yes, they should be forcing him. Yeah. to do this, and we'd have to be like, Shinji, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about we're sacrificing your happiness to save the planet, but. This is the impossible decision we have to make. That's what Misato should be saying. Yeah. Because she's meant to be the human face of Nerve. Nerve is this big, faceless, disgusting corporation. But Misato is is the per- is the heart, you could argue. Mm. She should be the one who's going, I don't know why Nerve says it has to be you. I don't know why it has to be 14-year-old kids. And I don't know why you hate it so much. And I'm sorry about all of that. And And the story could still be about a young boy who is traumatically forced to do something he doesn't want to do. And that thing is what all kids of that age would have loved to do, and that's pilot a giant robot. It's a great idea to turn that on its head. Instead of it being a fantasy, it's a traumatic experience. That's good story. 
but to but for then for them to then treat him the way they do it doesn't make sense no. as as characters and narrative yeah. it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work i don't think well how cool would it have been if you know, she said all that. Yeah. And being like, but Shinji, I will be your friend. Yeah. I w- I'll be your rock. We'll to help do you it together. This. And, and, and together we can work out what's so weird about Nerve and why. And this would be a human story then. Yeah. I mean, we've, I've compared it to Guren Lagan in the past, but um, Guren Lagan is less like wishy washy interpretable. It's just like testosterone fueled mecha anime. And so it's not trying to do as much maybe as Evangelion. But the story that Shimon has in, in Guren Lagan is one of being weak and downtrodden and spineless and cowardly and his friend Kamina pulls him up and rises him up and says you need to be strong and that whole story is about you know you've got to get stronger and 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 although you know the most important thing here is you need to pilot the lagan but in the process of that maybe you can learn you know some learn some lessons from that and apply them to the real world and become a better person and he does Mm. And he goes on a whole arc and he becomes a stronger person thanks to the support of his friend and his big brother essentially. Yeah. And that's a great arc. But what is happening here? This is ridiculous mm. in Evangelion. Now, <laughs> and this is the thing like I'm sure I'm sure some people might say well actually Evangelion is about depression. Yeah. Which okay. it, which it is. Yeah, yeah. Which we can all agree. I'll take that. And and it is about uh Shinji being uh, incredibly depressed. No doubt. Yeah, uh, and and kind of Trying to break through that, mm. and the fact that the world is ending is is just kind of like the backdrop or or greater metaphor for his depression. Yeah, fine, we, we get it. It is a very cerebral show. I get that. However, <laughs> the voice of Masato, be it the author's voice or just anyway, is basically just saying, "Snap out of it." Yeah, just saying, "Oh, get over it. Get over it." Which is actually massively insensitive yeah. to to anyone with depression. Shinji's Shinji's depression is not an excuse for every other character in the story who doesn't have depression to act like completely unpredictable robot yeah. retards. Like yeah. it they, doesn't it doesn't make any sense. They're acting like a lot of them are acting like aliens. Yeah, because of their their behaviour. Shinji is yes, he is massively depressed, but at least his actions are predictable and fairly consistent. And, and consistent, yeah, because yeah. he is depressed yeah. and he's acting like a depressed kid. Yeah, and 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 yeah, you know, he's not the hero they would like. It's he's, he's the hero they're, they're stuck with. But yeah, it's yeah. Like everyone else is 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 acting like a lunatic. It's funny. Him. We went into this thinking that the character we were going to dislike and be annoyed at and take the mick out of was Shinji. Mm. Um, because I think when we were younger, he was the hero. He wasn't the hero we wanted him to be. Mm. You know, he's the kid piloting a giant robot. We're the kids watching this show about piloting giant robots, and he's nothing like us, and that's really frustrating. Um, but instead, it's completely the other way around. Like, as as we've said, Shinji is the most consistent, uh, the, the one who is most accurately portrayed as someone who has depression and therefore has a character to him, a, a facet to him. And okay, so he's not going to go on the arc where he develops and strengthens and grows and becomes a, a courageous warrior. That's not what this story is about. And that's fine. Mm. I, I didn't mean to compare it to Goran Lagan and say that that's what should happen. No, what no. I was saying was that there was a path here and, and the other characters supported our protagonist on that path. Yeah, Like Shinji has a path. And maybe he'll never break out of his depression. Maybe you can't by just being forced to pilot a giant robot. That's yeah, probably true. Yeah. But no one cares and no one's helping and no one's trying to do anything that is in any way consistent to help out the person who they need the most. Yeah. Someone who is not only broken and has a, a, a genuinely diagnosable medical condition, but on top of that, they need him to yeah. do various things. It Actually, doesn't make any sense. No. And, that, and that's the crazy thing. It's like, 
I don't know. I just I feel like the way this episode is presented and the way like Misato is talking, it's like we're meant to be going as the viewer, going like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He should want this. He should want this. But as we've, I think we've said, it's like all we can see is like no, yeah. like he's he's acting perfectly logically. He's the one who's saying that despite everything about how he feels, he will still pilot. Yeah. It. Because I mean, what happens at the end? I mean, like, uh, like we see, uh, you know, so Shinji goes, oh, I'm not going to do it. Well, the the key thing is, is that 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 episode ends with Masato going, if um if you're going to be like that, maybe you should just quit. Yeah, and then it cuts, and he has. Yeah, and, and we see, see like, his his ID being voided. Yeah, and he says like, can I say goodbye to Masato? And you hear a voice go, well, no, you can't. You're, you're not, not nerve a, personnel. You're anymore. not nerve personnel. You see uh his dad. Yeah, whose name is uh, Gendo. Gendo. Gen- Gendo going. So he's left then. Yep. yep. Talking to Ritsuko. Fine. Ritsuko says something to the effect of the Marduk uh, associate, uh, Marduk, uh, what's Institute. It Institute has not yet found the fourth child. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what are we going to do? And Gendo goes, oh, we'll just prep Ray for unit one. And then Ritsuko goes, uh, even with all the experiments of unit zero failing. Yeah, they've gone really badly, apparently. And Gendo just goes, uh, yeah, let's hope they're better in unit one. So so that's your plan. So, and, and as you said, so they have no, they, they can't even get Ray to reliably pilot Unit One, no, and they're like they're just fine with Shinji leaving. And this is this is another really weird thing is that after having a go at him for leaving, yeah, which you'd think would mean they're trying to discipline him to stay, they give him they actually give him the opportunity to turn and leave. Yeah, and he takes it because well why wouldn't you? And there's an adult telling you that you don't have to do this. Fine then, I don't I don't like it. It's horrible. Yeah, I don't have to do it. I'll go then because you'd assume that the adults would know that they'd have another plan. Yeah. They'd have a plan. He doesn't know about the Marduk Institute. He doesn't know that he's the third child. He doesn't know any of that no. stuff. So when, when when an adult says to you as a 14-year-old boy, you don't have to do that thing you really, really hate every day anymore because, you know, you'd assume they have a plan B. And so you walk out without any guilt. Yeah. Except he does, of course, have guilt, but that's because he's Shinji and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and so rather than, again, forcing the one person they need to reliably pilot the we- the most powerful weapon they have to do what they need to do, they just let him leave mm. because he doesn't have the right attitude. It's it, it comes across as a form of sadism, yeah. Like it, it, it or, or or genuinely like an abusive relationship. Like they're playing these mind games with him, and I don't know what they want no. anymore. I don't know how Shinji is supposed to. And no. that would be fine if it was one other character who was playing these mind games, who was a sadist, who was like who was like this. I don't know, like Gendo, like Gendo, like like his dad is obviously a disgusting, despicable human being. So you know, it'd be fine if this was a relationship between Shinji and one person who was horrible. Mm. But it isn't. No. This is a relationship between Shinji and countless hundreds of people that form a corporation that stands for something, and yet every single member of it acts like a complete mindless alien. I just... Yeah. <laughs> doesn't work i'm sorry it doesn't uh, work i mean look just, just for the purpose of completion to wrap up the synopsis uh shinji is escorted by men in black quite roughly uh to the station uh he has a an emotional goodbye with kengski and toji, toji yeah and toji's like hey man we figured you'd be leaving i'm sorry i punched you in the face please punch me in the face yeah i'll feel better about it so after a bit of egging on shinji, shinji does. does it then he's dragged bodily away by the Secret Service. Yep. You go like, no, time's over. Rip him upstairs. Then Shinji goes like, no, guys, I'm the one who should be punished. Yeah, like, I'm weak. I'm cowardly. I, I, I'm running away. And, and they go, and they, they, they say something like, we don't mind that you're running away. You went through hell. 
We understand. We're all going to have to evacuate the city soon, by the way, because the angels will come and kill us all. But that's cool. We don't blame you. Yeah, Off carry on. Go. Yeah. And then the Secret Service, who are so intent on dragging him away, bring him to the train station, but don't wait to see if he gets on the train. No, they're gone. He's on the platform on his own and waits for the train to arrive. The train He's... arrives, the doors open, and he stood there staring and at you... the doors. I guess you th- you're meant to assume that he gets on and goes because the train. Starts we see to pull a away. train pull away. We see Toji and uh, Kensuke again, sort of waiting outside the train station, and then suddenly, <sighs> as if this is some sort of dramatic moment, <gasps> Misato's sports car pulls up at a, at a rate of knots, skids to a halt, and she jumps out of the car, and you realise, oh. Oh, we're meant to realise. Maybe she cares. Maybe she really does care. And, and she didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And she was hoping to catch him before he left. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And then a train pulls away and Shinji is still standing on the platform. And then we get Misato the turns around and she looks at him. And he looks at her. And nothing happens. And this still shot uh, like a the Tannoy kind of talks about the next train leaving I think there are four lines of Tannoy dialogue yeah uh, monologue maybe I should say like a please don't leave baggage unattended the next train to the something or other prefecture will be arriving in two minutes make sure you step on the right side of the yellow lines always have your tickets available don't leave anything in a bin that might explode and then you know there's another few of those yeah I'm not joking that is not the only one of those all the while, there's the cicadas going in the background and Shinji and Misato are just staring at each other across the train platform. And this is meant to be, I think, played for emotion. I think this is meant to be an arc. <laughs> they've, they've both come to a point and, and Shinji looks very happy to see Misato. Misato looks very happy to see Shinji. Can you tell? I can't honestly remember. Well, it, I you... know that Shinji smiles. Oh, does he? Which is... is I know the only reason I remember that is because it's rare. <laughs> um... Misato, and I don't know whether we get any expression on Misato. I think you just see the back of her head, don't you? He does say something, though, doesn't he? Right at the end of that scene, Shinji then says something like, I'm home. Does he? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really weird line, because he says something like, I know where I am. I'm home. Did you... Did, did, you, did you all, like, hindbrain, like, invent that? Just to, like, I swear a, to you, it's there. As a survival mechanism, just to, like... <laughs> just to hope for This is story. so boring. Quick. No, 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 seriously. Really? Oh, OK, that's, that's right. There. That's definitely there. Well, clearly minded the inverse, and it just kind of cut it out <laughs> to, like... <laughs> we don't need this. Um, and then it ends. And then the episode ends. And... I think we see the Ava once parked in the bay. You see the top of its head. That's right, yeah. Don't you? They walk past it. Um... So Nick, how did how did it make you feel? Uh, it made me feel like it's all pointless, John, and we should give up. And maybe that's what it's meant to make us feel like, because that's how Shinji feels. And after having to deal with all of these idiots, uh, I now I don't want to deal with them either. I want to run away, John. I want uh, to run away so far. <laughs> it this made, would not make me keep watching. It, it made me feel anger at Misato. Yes, like more than anyone. Secondary, secondarily. It made me feel anger at Nerve as a government organisation. Yeah. Um, and I don't... I, I can imagine that the people who are... Maybe who are... I don't know if these people exist. But if there are diehard fans who would take issue with what we're saying. I can imagine counter-arguments from them. Which is that, yeah, you're meant to feel like that. Because that's how Shinji feels. 
But that doesn't work for me. No. Because there's no internal logic. No, I don't think... I, and I don't think that's how the story wants you... I don't think that's how the series wants you to feel. No. Either. I don't think it is either. Because if it was, this isn't the way to do it. No. I, I think you're meant to feel like that Misato is right. Yep. That and Shin, that Shinji's, Shinji's a Shinji's wrong. And at the moment when... And at that moment when Shinji goes, oh, I know where I am, I'm home or whatever, when he has his kind of arc and he smiles Resolves and it. presumably decides to stay yeah who knows out. who knows it all it strikes me as as the abused party yeah in a relationship coming back again because they can't escape that cycle of yeah torture. There, there is no question that the takeaway story at least up to this episode is nerve are abusing children with mental problems yeah to, to bend to their will. And that's not from a, oh, they're a dark, evil organisation. It's from a purely incompetent yeah. level. Yes, because you describe that and you say, well, it's a show about evil government yeah. kind of forcing children to do you things. Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, dark. No, 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 no. No, it's not like that. They don't but, mean to do it. But you're meant to side with... You're meant to side with them. Yeah. They're the good guys. And the, ch- and the child is being unreasonable. Yeah. Oh... The, the whole way the story is structured, even though obviously it turns out the Nerve aren't the good guys and, and, and that they were bad all along and they have bad secret agendas and everything. The way the story is structured, the way that the story is presented to us, to us, it is told in such a way that makes us force it, tries to force us to sympathise with with Misato and Nerve over something that is so obviously unjust and unfair. Yeah. It's very, it's very confused. Yeah, as it episode. is very confused. Um, I'm trying to think of some positives. Um. Uh, Toji and Kensuke. Kensuke. Kens- yeah. Yeah, you were saying it right. Yeah, Kensuke. They they come across a bit more like human beings. They do. Like yeah. they probably come across the best. I want to say out of everyone. I think there's some good character work with them. Certainly with like their dialogue and also their relationship with Shinji. Yeah. Them them sort of coming around. Like I I like the whole Toji punching him, blaming uh, Shinji for. The, atta- the, the the wounding of his sister. I like all that stuff. And then Toji feeling really guilty about it. Because at first, when you first meet Toji, you think he's going to be the big high school jock and he's going to be a bully. Yeah. And he isn't. He's actually a really nice guy. Um, and, you know, he becomes quite important in the story later on as well. But he... Um, I, I like Kensuke, Toji, and Shinji as, as a trio. I yeah. like that. You and this imp- episode does good work for that. You get the impression that if it weren't for all the horrible things that Nerve puts Shinji through that if left in that environment for enough time he might have been alright yeah he might have kind of blossomed and kind of like yeah you know become a bit happier I, I, I think more than the psychological abuse which maybe I'm overplaying a little bit but it does feel that way I was I was perhaps most annoyed by the just general incompetence of Nerve and especially Masato yeah and and I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it was like a story point. I, I, I think, oh, no, no, no. It certainly isn't. How can I, it be? I think this is actually just bad storytelling because the characters come across as... Idiots. Idiots. Yeah, because it's like... Fumbling for even, even like that opening scene where when Masato's like, oh, Shinji's run away. And then Kengsuke and Toji knock on the door. Yeah. And like, hey, uh, hey, miss, uh, sorry to bother you. We want to bring Shinji his homework because he's not been in school. Yeah. And uh, she goes, hmm... Hmm, you look familiar. Aren't you two the ones who were in the cockpit with Shinji yeah. that time? Weren't you the two random school children who got to go inside the greatest weapon <laughs> that humanity's ever built? <laughs> you know, hey, weren't you the two children we debriefed for 14 hours? Or at least if we, <laughs> if 
if we didn't, why the hell did yeah. we not? Are you not two children I saw on that camera and instructed Shinji to let into the cockpit? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... How would you... F- you just wouldn't forget something like that. There's nothing believable about how nervous no. run. Like, like Misato seems to get up at three o'clock in the afternoon, having spent the entire night previously just getting wasted. Yeah. Her and Ritsuko just hang out in high-tech labs at Nerve and just chat about people as though they're just housemates. You know, she has said before in an episode earlier that oh, she gets up so late oh, because her shift starts so late. Yeah. But isn't she like the main military strategist slash leader of every military operation they do? And I get the idea that maybe like she's most active when there's an angel. the angels are attacking. But surely there's loads to do when there isn't an angel yeah. attacking, preparing and, for the next angel. And it's not like a night shift. No. It's not like she can lie in because she's been working all night. There's, I, I think my biggest issue with all of this is, is the fundamental unbelievability of nerve. You know, and, and I know... I know that there's a lot about them that is unusual. You know, they're not like a classic government-run military uh, organization. Uh, they do have; they are led by some weird, dark figures who have a secret agenda. I get all of that, but none of that is an excuse for how incompetent they are. They're mm. just, they're just they're just categorically incompetent. You know, like like we've talked about when Shinji gets punched in the face in the playground, there would have been agents immediately. Yeah, and there never was. Toji would have been tranked. Yes. by a sniper, and rifle. we would never have seen him again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and and after the Toji and Kengski went inside the Eva, oh, God, we yeah. we would never see those children again. No, and, and that would play. Scenario, and that but... would play really well into the hands of Nerve being this weird evil organization. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be yeah. fun? Wouldn't that be good storytelling, John? Yeah, <laughs> the, this, the jock punches Shinji in the face. Comes to school the next day. There's an empty desk. Yeah, why to Toji? We don't know. We don't talk yeah. about that anymore. 17 brainwashed children just say simultaneously as one, we don't know, it was not nerve. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, there, was, there were countless ways. <laughs> Toji's dragged into a black car. He goes, kill me, kill me before they take me. <laughs> you didn't see anything. <laughs> All the kids just carry on playing. I am a milkman. <laughs> I am the road crew. <laughs> There are, there are countless ways to tell a story about an evil organisation with secret agendas. Yeah. This is not that. Make your decision. Is Nerve a benevolent, wonderful organisation? Are they a sinister government organisation? There are so many storytelling tropes you could fall back on. <laughs> Why are you not using any of them? Why instead are you doing the weirdest, most unpredictable and stupid things that I've ever seen in any story ever? Like I can't even say... You know, I can't even joke and say like, oh, this is what it would be like if a government agency was run by hippies. Because I still think hippies would at least be consistent. Yeah. They they, ha- they have a motivation. You yeah. Know? This is like this is like a government agency, I don't know, run by people on a flexible work hours scheme or something where they come in when they want. Yeah. They pick up a job from a job pool if they feel like it. There's no central hierarchy or mission objective, really. I mean, those things just get in the way, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's like... It's weird. It is weird. It's really weird. I think I this is this is a low point. And and I hope I hope that it's the lowest point. Because yeah. I mean I know the last two episodes are famously weird and and basically bad. But um we 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 thought we loved this show. Yeah. And it's been a long time since we've seen it and and retrospect is a, is a wonderful thing. <laughs> but but the more the further we get into it 
the more I'm starting to realise that this podcast might develop into an analysis of something that has become a cultural touchstone and yet is heavily flawed. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's fine to love something despite its flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we maybe keep, we still can. And we keep kind of telling each other and kind of telling ourselves that it gets better. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, like, it has to, because I wouldn't have loved this show so much if there wasn't something there. I agree. But I, I do wonder how, like, how much of that was ignoring certain things. And, yeah, and kind of... or, or, or just simply not noticing them. Yeah. You know, like, most of this episode, I've got to say, I don't remember from when I watched it, when yeah. I first watched it. And obviously that was because this was not one of the episodes that I went back to and rewatched over and over again. Because I remember as a kid, and I say a kid, I was probably like 15 or whatever, I watched the whole thing gradually, mm. well, one DVD at a time as I was buying it. Um, and then I would always go back and watch my favourite ones. Mm. And I can remember distinctly what my favourite ones are. And the reason that is, is because I've seen them so many times. This was not one of those. Yeah. So obviously I got through this episode <laughs> and uh, and then never, never really thought yeah. about it ever again. Because it's not, you could say, I don't know, I feel I'm going around in circles now, but I, I, I think that really kind of bugs me is that you could say that this is the character building episode. You could say that. And you could say, like, <laughs> look, it's fine. Have your big action, but you've got to counterbalance it with the quieter moments. Fine. I get that. You do. That's yeah. important. But this is not good character building. No. And also, like, the way yeah. the way that you do that in a TV show is that you have an episode that has both. Mm. So you have an episode with some action in, arguably less, and that episode focuses on the characters. And then you have another episode which is maybe more action-packed, but it has a bit of character stuff in there. What what these people, what the creators of this show don't seem to realise is that you need to do that within an episode, not yeah. across multiple episodes. This was four episodes worth of character development, and I say that in inverted commas because it doesn't really develop the characters at all. But it was four episodes worth, just jammed into one episode. Yeah. And it struck me, and I think I said this while we were watching it, I feel like everything that happens in this episode gets echoed again yeah. later in the series. There, I'm, there I'm is another time ahead. that Shinji runs away. Yeah, and I, and I feel that bit, when that's gone and we will get there, yeah. has much more weight. And yeah. I remember that as being pretty awesome. Yeah, I think so too. Because I think, I'm pretty sure the way I remember it is that an angel attacks while he's away. And he decides to turn back on his own yeah. because he wants to save people. And I think that's a significant that, and heroic moment for Shinji. Because that's kind of like, that's the hero's journey, isn't it? It's yeah. Like he rejects the call, the call but, then then. He, but then he comes back. But in this episode, he accepts the call. Yeah. And then, and then, and then the call... Then Tell the him call, to leave. Yeah, the call giver's like, well, fine, leave. Yeah. He's like, no, I'll do it. I accept my responsibilities. Like, no, 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 get out. Fine. <laughs> if you're not going to enjoy it... <laughs> you're not going to enjoy uh, it. Oh. oh my god! Oh goodness me! It has to get better. It has to. I I heard a. I I didn't read too much into it because I didn't want to kind of, uh, I guess kind of influence my feelings on it. But I someone had written an article the other day, which I saw shared online. A very similar thing, like kind of reanalyzing Evangelion. Oh right. And I didn't want to read it because I thought I want to keep my thoughts to myself. Yeah. But I saw the headline, and it was simply pointing out that how when Asuka turns up she saves the show oh interesting and it ah. and and it's kind of theory that the show wasn't very good uh. until she turned up and completed the dynamic well i think what's very exciting about what we're doing with this podcast is is that we're really really tearing it apart down to down to first principles rather than just having watched the show when we were younger, watching it again and going, ha ha Evangelion, despite its fault, it's still a laugh, and then moving on. Instead, we're actually really looking at it, like really, really looking mm. at it. And, and, I, and I really hope that 
that maybe we do discover something like that, 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 you know, that despite the fact that some of these earlier episodes are really, really quite weak, mm. we do come to find out the core, the heart of what it is we love about Evangelion. Mm. And that's what I'm really hoping the whole point of this is. It's not It's not just a episode by episode, let's talk about Evangelion. I think actually now it's become a quest to find out what it is. What What is Evangelion? Like, yeah. Because it's not a story about a depressed boy being abused by an incompetent organisation. It's not a story about giant robots battling weird alien creatures. It's none of those things. So Because it doesn't really do either of those things very well. So let's find out what it is. Like, mm. what is Evangelion? Because whatever it is, it's it's not what we think it is, but we still obviously love it. Obviously. Is this Evangelion? We couldn't have actually picked a better title, could we? No, it's great. Is, is this? And maybe it's because, <laughs> and much in the same way that the title for our podcast is really hard to say. <laughs> maybe that's a metaphor. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we're all... Metaphors. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I just I look forward to that moment when it clicks. Yeah, because I remember loving this show and loving so certain I. episodes, and so I, I much like yourself don't remember this episode no a lot. So no. I feel clearly this was kind of just cut out of my brain. So for all you listeners out there who are thinking we're we're really ragging on this show in the, in this episode, we are, uh, and 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 it was bad. And if yeah. you watch it back, I'm sure you'll agree with us. <laughs> yeah, but um, but this is one episode, and and we can forgive this, you know, if. If we see what it is, equally, if we if we don't see, you know, it, it improve and it get better, then we'll say it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're not going to hold back. But as as you said, we love this show, and uh, and and I'm I'm confident that you know this is maybe a low point, but there's going to be high points. Yeah, and you know we're gonna. Yeah, no, I, I I we had to take the rough with the smooth. We had to, and and maybe maybe we've analysed it more deeply than we ever would have done when we watched it before and then we might have done if we if we weren't watching a, uh, making a podcast either um but all that all that proves is is that there are low points and there are hopefully well, high points this has been a real low point and i feel it can really only improve and I, and i you know when it previewed what's coming up in the next few episodes i feel we're in for a treat because i, I feel uh well we're definitely going to be coming up on ramiel yeah arguably one of my if not my favorite angel yeah he's great uh cuz what i mean cuz we had it opens with the third angel. Yes. Doesn't it? Whose name I can't remember, but it's the third angel. Satchel. Satchel. Yeah. The fourth angel who's the weird lobster dude who we talked about last episode. And I can't remember what that one's called. Yeah. And, but then I think the fifth angel, Ramiel. Yeah. Giant floating diamond. La, la, <laughs> is it, uh, That always struck me as a high point. Yeah. So I look forward to going through that again. I, I also look forward to that. Should uh, we wrap this up unless there's anything else you want to kind of... Uh no yeah let's wrap it up let's well should it. we do the scoring then let's do the scoring so uh, uh, for reference last episode we gave it a Shinji rating of six yeah and an impact of three oh, you see my dilemma here because I I feel much like let's each put a number together and see where we kind of how they compare uh I almost feel like ten doesn't go high enough <laughs> I I feel like I want to I want to ten this episode in Shinjiness in Shinjiness and yet I feel that's, I feel like that will be selling the rest of the series short. So I don't think I can. Considering we've already, yeah, we've already given the last one six, haven't we? And this was significantly more Shinji. The, the only point I have to make is that as much as it was very Shinji y, mm. it wasn't really a lot of it his fault. No, that is true, actually. The definition of Shinji in, in terms of this scale is him being a wet blanket at the detriment of himself and, mm. and being the sole cause for the problems in his life. Yeah, kind of like. Getting these lifelines but ignoring them. Yeah. 
But in this one, like... He was actually arguably heroic in this one. Yeah. You know, despite hating piloting the Ava, he still said he would. So I'm actually I'm actually considering keeping the Shinji level maybe the you, same. Oh, I, I, I would... I would say... I would bump it to a seven. Okay. Well, I think me, that's fair. Me personally, just because... Let's take it up to seven. He went from being... Let's he did run it. away. He ran away. Yeah, let's face yeah. it. He's he's pretty depressed in this episode, but yeah. it's a, you know, I think you made a very good point because he is depressed. He's very Shinji, Shinji, but at the same time, <laughs> I, I think anyone would be. Yeah, I I think he's acting quite yeah. normally at this point. He is, he is suffering. So yeah, so shall we say a Shinji rating of seven? If you're okay with that, I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. Seven grand. So impact. <laughs> I've got a number. I've got a number. <laughs> One. One. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be one. It's, it, it's the worst episode we've seen so far. Yes. And thinking ahead. I don't and, think it's and thinking of all, Yeah, thinking of all the episodes I remember, and I'm sure there's some I've forgotten about. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see how it could get worse. I don't see how it could get worse because of pure vacuums of storytelling and, and incomprehensible character motivations. But we do have zero, just in case. Yeah, there's always <laughs> that option. <laughs> Oh <laughs> damn! Well, yeah. well, um, there we go. Wow! So um, this has been uh, Nick and John is this Evangelion uh, episode four. Yeah, Hedgehog's Dilemma. Uh, it's been a rough one, uh, but high hopes for the next episode. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten the sign off again. Like, no matter how bad your life might be, you could always yeah. <laughs> we should. Okay, well, you can say uh, so. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> And uh, remember, however bad your life may be, your life only I'll try again. This is what this episode's done to me. It's yeah, ki- it's killed it's, my. It's numbed your lips. My frontal cortex. Uh, however bad your life may be, you could always be episode four <laughs> of Neon Genesis Evangelion. You could always be Shinji Akari's close affiliates. And are we all hedgehogs? With dilemmas. No, no, we're no. not. We're tennis balls in the rain. Tennis balls in the rain, definitely. <sighs> Good night. This podcast, and others like it, is made possible thanks to our wonderful backers on Patreon. To support Big Punch Studios as we make comics like Afterlife Inc. and Seven String, games like Sandwich Masters, and podcasts like the one you've just been listening to, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Big Punch Studios. For just $5 a month, not only will you help make everything we do a reality, but we'll also send you four copies of Big Punch magazine a year. That's over 180 full-colour pages of comic action, featuring Cuckoos, Orb, 99 Swords and Catamarang, delivered straight to your door. This has been a Big Punch Studios production. For all things Big Punch, be sure to head on over to www.bigpunchstudios.com.